Hello, I'm Angela. And I'm Marie, the second half of this mother and daughter team. Welcome to Chalker Checkups. We're here to guide you on your quest for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. Hello, hello. Hello. (laughs) Mom, what do you have for us today? What are we talking about? Today we're going to be talking about the energetics of children from from birth until adolescence and what goes on with children with psychic children when they should get a reading and um what you do with special children some of the cases i've had with uh special children and psychic children okay so let's just start from the beginning have you done a reading on someone that's pregnant Well, not a reading. Well, I have done a reading on pregnant women. But the interesting thing is, and I don't think a lot of people have any idea about this, but you can see, or I can see, when someone is pregnant. And it looks very interesting. The mother uh, will have around her uterus, uh, looks like a little sort of soft, unformed cloud. And then it looks like a tiny little smokestack going up from there to her crown chakra and inside her the mother's crown chakra there is another little smoky circle and when the mother thinks something like has a strong thought that little smoky circle that is the baby's will suddenly firm up and match the mother's wow for just a second or two And then it goes back to being smoky again. And then the mother suddenly has another clear thought and it does it again. When I realized, wow, what we think when we're pregnant really, really makes a difference. Yeah, because the child is just absorbing all of those thoughts. Well, literally learning to think by copying the mother and also yes following following along with what mom is thinking wow every serious thought that mom has the baby's kind of recording copying and recording right into their system so that makes you take pause a little bit (laughs) yeah and, and it's interesting because I could see that. I had a friend that uh, she came to me and she said she was pregnant. I looked at her and said, no, you're not. She says, oh, I am. I got a test. And I looked and there was no little little smokestack, nothing. And I said, you know, I really don't think you are. And she says, well, you're wrong because I got a test. And I said, well, check it out again because you're not pregnant. And then she went away and I heard from her a couple weeks later that it was a false pregnancy. She was not pregnant. Then I saw her about two and a half months later and I said, now you're pregnant. And she (laughs) said, no, I'm not. (laughs) And I said, oh yes, you are. And she said, no, I'm not. (laughs) I said, well, go get a test because now you are. Right. (laughs) And she was. (laughs) What is with this lady telling me all the things that I'm not? (laughs) I was in the bank and I said to this lady, when are you due? And then she said, uh, and and then she said, I'm not pregnant. Then when I saw her next, she said, how come you knew I was pregnant before anybody else? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it sounds like a really distinct kind of energetic pattern. It is. You don't see it in anybody else and you only see it, you know obviously once the baby's kind of taken hold and definitely you know it's definitely there you know yeah. um, so it's it's pretty distinct so once they're born i've had mothers they're so excited they want to have a reading for the newborn baby and at first when i was out there doing readings i tried that and i would do a reading for these newborn babies and i'd look at the reading and i'd say whoa This doesn't make any sense. How can this baby be having an issue in their second chakra? 
they're not that creative. They don't have a sex life. So how can it be? How can they be having anger in their second chakra? And then I look over at mom and I realize this is mom's chakra system. The baby was copying the mom. It was basically 90% mom. And if the dad had something really creative, like he was an artist or a writer, there might be a little bit of dad. But basically, the baby's just copying mom. So how might that different from a baby that has been given up for adoption or, you know, maybe doesn't have their mom around? Would they just copy their primary caregiver? Very likely. They're going to probably copy whoever is the closest to them that they can telepath with. Okay. And perhaps that's why sometimes they're very insecure because it's not the same as they imprinted on when they were in the womb. Right. So that would make sense that they would have that sort of insecurity and confusion. And it stays that way. They're copying that mom will stay that way till around three or three and a half. Then around that age, they sort of drop that and they pick up their own system and at that time, they also download stuff if they have things from past lives and things. So then you get this big switch over. And that's when the mom says, I don't get this kid. All of a sudden, we don't acting different. We're not getting along as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> this kid's impossible now. I don't know what's going on. Because there's a, there's a change. And the change, the kid is no longer being you. The change, the now being them. more themselves and making their own decisions for the first time. Right. And it makes a big difference. Now, sometimes there may be a little, little exceptions, but for the most part, that's what I've seen with the with the tiny babies that I've worked with. So I don't do readings on on babies or even on young children, even up till age six. Uh, they're still so undeveloped, you know, children just don't have a whole lot going on. They're still barely conscious, you know, they're dealing with a lot of things and they're not really having a lot of relationship issues. They're not having a lot of second chakra issues. They're not worrying about putting together their material world. Um, right. At that, at that point, they really should just be focused on learning and absorbing and just being a kid. Yeah, just being alive and being safe and being in a family environment. So it makes no sense to try to do readings on young children. I think actually, even both before 12, around 12, they can sort of becomes a useful tool but uh, before that it really doesn't make much sense and I generally uh, tell the parents you know you don't need to do that to uh, work with your child it probably just need to learn who your child is and work with that right so when a kid downloads their own kind of chakra system does it kind of start out as a clean slate like they have a, a perfect chakra system well, not necessarily. If they if they have something going on, then they'll bring that in. We do have things from past lives, and people can mm. bring things in. I had mentioned, I think, in a in another podcast, I had one little boy that actually had his he had been decapitated in another um, in another lifetime in another lifetime, and the doctors and his parents thought he was ADHD but he actually wasn't you know it took me 10 minutes to put the head of his soul back into his body in proper alignment and when I did that he suddenly was like a normal boy it was an instantaneous cure so right so some people carry some things from past lives a lot of people do and I know a lot of people you know they seem that's that's cliche and they don't think that's real but 
unfortunately I see that and it as sometimes it's something serious and it sometimes is something that's very very difficult to work with because it's almost like you're you're in a script and you drop out into the middle of this script and you're playing a part and you don't know what the script is and you don't know what the part is and you're kind of caught mm-hmm. trying to figure it out and uh, that's tricky it's very tricky and sometimes that involves illnesses or you just don't know why they're there okay since there are things from past lives like the boy that had his head or his, the sole of his head separated from his body wouldn't it be useful to get a reading at an earlier age if something like that was going on well i wouldn't do a reading on a young child i mean a full reading wouldn't make a lot of sense on a young child but if someone was concerned about that i could certainly take a look at their baby and see if there's if i'm seeing any um strange phenomena or you know any anomalies in their energy um that's no problem i can always do that and then look again around three and three and a half a lot of times they will still be mimicking the mother and then they'll download it around that age they don't necessarily uh have everything going on from the moment they're born sometimes they do but sometimes they don't sometimes it does kind of come in in a sort of delayed response around three and a half four four years old so concerned parents unless they're seeing something odd about their child that's concerning them there's no real reason to you know rush to a psychic and have them looked at so when would the best times be getting a reading from you? Well, a reading for a child, I would say age 12. But if they want to make sure that their child isn't carrying something from a past life or something, we could take a look at them um, around three, four, five years old. Okay, gotcha. So like this boy that was decapitated, do you think a lot of kids are mixed diagnosed with ADHD and I think they're a tremendous amount. They don't have a deficit of attention. I think they're paying very close attention. Not all of them. There might be some that actually have that. That's possible. That actually have what the doctors say. But the ones that I have seen, there was zero amount that actually had what the doctors claim they have. What I have seen were children that were not, it's not that they were not paying attention. They were paying a tremendous amount of attention. And what a lot of them were, was what I would call multiple scanners. When I do a reading, I am picking up one, like a one radio wave or one beam of information from one person. Many of these children are picking up dozens and dozens and dozens of beams of information at one time so so it's not like they're not paying attention it's like they're getting bombarded by so much it would be like if you turned on 20 television sets at one time and you're trying to watch them all right they're being bombarded by so much noise that it becomes what white noise and they can't hardly stand it. I've taken many of these children and said, if these were radios, can you turn some of them off? Every time they've said, yes, I can turn these off. So I say, turn half of them off and the child immediately becomes calmer. And I say, how many are on now? Well, they'll say 10 or 20. (laughs) well let's turn off another five (laughs) okay and how about four more you know and and we'll get down to one or two and usually then they don't want to go down to one but i'll say let's get them down get them down to two one two or three channels 
and they're perfectly calm and they can pay attention and they can do their math problems and they can read. And it's not really a problem. And as far as I can tell, it's pretty lasting. You don't necessarily even have to do it every single day. They get used to doing it and they'll learn themselves that they have authority over their system, over their, their body, their soul and what comes into their system and they just need to learn how to manage it yeah that makes sense the other thing with many many psychic children is they have cystoscopic photosensitivity that means they can't handle very bright light and they can't see well in black and white i have this if i look at a black and white page the the print looks like it gets far away then gets close then it moves or it sways now if i take a transparency like you would get in a um stationary store that's either light blue or light green yeah i remember they used to hand some of those out for reading it was like a light yellow with a like one clear line so you could kind of focus on just one line Exactly. Well, they tested me. Um, I was in a test, uh, a, a program for testing for um, dyslexia. And uh, they found out that I could read five times faster through a transparency that had color. Wow. It just stops the movement because actually there's hardly anything in the world that is naturally stark black and white it's not if you look around what is in black and white either all the colors or the reflection of them all right right there's very little that's that way but we try to get the kids to stare at a black and white page for sometimes hours and that's very unnatural and a lot of a lot of highly psychic kids, their third eye is very open. It's very difficult for them to look at the black and white page. You put a pair of colored lenses on them, no problem. Hmm. It's not bothering them. It's not giving them headaches. It's not too bright. You can almost tell if your child has that if they just like to be in the dark. I used to like to read at the softest light possible so that it's not so bright black and white. So it's very dim. Even now, I like to be in dimmer light. I never liked being in super bright light. It's just too much light for my, my eyes. Um, and that's very common, common with psychic children. It's very common with psychic adults. There's still a lot of adults out there that believe that they have a low IQ or that they're not smart because they can't read really well. And it has nothing to do with their IQ. It has, except that they have light sensitivity mm -hmm. this is something they just that, haven't learned the right tools yet right they just need to know what color it is they wouldn't need to look through for me it's a lavender color right and i know some people say you wear those lavender glasses because they're so stylish and i'm like not at <laughs> all <laughs> i wear these lavender glasses so i won't have a headache 24 7 I definitely just thought it was because you liked the color. No. Just, <laughs> definitely just so I wouldn't have a headache. <laughs> so that's a big tool that uh, people can do for, for psychic children. What other some signs that we can look for uh, in kids if they're psychic or potentially having other issues? You have to really listen to the children and talk to the children. I had one child that you know they said he had uh, ADHD right? right um they said that he had they had he had that um I set him down and they were going to put him on Ritalin I said are, are you having trouble at school and he said no I said do you like school and he said yes very much I said uh is there anything you would change he said uh yeah I said, well, what would you change? He said, I would like to sit farther away from the other children. Mm. I said, well, wh why would you like to do that? He said, because then I wouldn't take so much of their sadness or their illness into my body. 
Well, <laughs> I said, okay, so what happens if you take the sadness or illness into your body? He says, he, he did this big sigh. He said, well, then I call an angel and then it comes after a while and then it takes it away. And I said, well, then what happens then? And he says, well, then, then the child is, then the child is better. I said, okay, um, how often do you do this at school? He said, um, oh, about 12 or so times a day. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, he's just got a whole different agenda going on instead of learning. Exactly. I said to I said to your his parents, "Do you realize that your son is doing a very advanced type of mediumship healing on his classmates and his teachers between arithmetic and reading, you know?" That's the problem. <laughs> That's, I think that he needs to be in a private school. Um, he doesn't have a problem with his attention. He has a problem because he's he's a natural healer. And, and from what I can tell, and a successful one. When I asked him, could you not do this? He said, no. I said, why not? He said, well, because then they would be sad or they wouldn't be well. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and this was a very young little boy. Sadly, his parents, when they listened to the tape, uh, I recorded the whole thing. They decided to put him on Ritalin. They still did. They just didn't believe you and... Yours. Oh, they be- they believed it, but I think they decided that Ritalin would just put a stop to it. Interesting. Yes. Not the choice I would have made, but... Um, and these were parents with endless resources. But that's that the, the choice they made for their child. I won't make any further comments on that. I mean, I guess for a lot of parents, it's uh, the easier easier option is to give someone a drug and hopefully that makes all of the symptoms go away the problem is what i saw with a lot of of kids that were psychic kids for one thing if they start smoking with ritalin they're very bad reaction possibilities and uh, they become very rebellious when they're on ritalin when they hit their teens and a lot of times they do smoke and uh, you're definitely not smoke, supposed to smoke and take Ritalin at the same. A bad Why not? Bad. They, there's something in the nicotine that reacts very badly with Ritalin, and it can be very, very dangerous. Um, so there's that down the road that you have to really worry about. Okay, so I'm looking up on Google now the um what happens when you take Ritalin and nicotine together and it says it just may enhance the abuse related behavior effects of nicotine and increasing vulnerability to tobacco dependence. Which that's not great. (laughs) Right. So potentially just turns your kid more into a smoker if they have, you know, a cigarette. I know in my high school, when I went uh, on break with one of the kids that did smoke, like I, have never been a smoker but we just walked on recess like to the outside of the school lines and there was definitely a high number of everyone from the high school that was there out there smoking and I was kind of uh, oblivious to it all happening but it was definitely an eye-opener for me to see how many kids like really get into that when they're older yeah well, it wouldn't be something I would have wanted for you. And I definitely discouraged any kind of smoking. Yeah. Here's another thing to consider with, with psychic children. And uh, oftentimes children that you think aren't paying attention. Sometimes the children are just smart. 
there was a child that came in when I owned the herb shop and they said he needed to be put on Ritalin. And I said, well, what are his symptoms? And they said, this is exactly what they said. He symptomatically examines his environment and he only pays attention when he's interested. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of just sounds like a normal kid. But... I said, well, maybe he's extremely bored. He was right there and he was doing that. He was picking up things. He was reading labels. He was looking at stuff and he was putting it back down. I said, maybe he's extremely bored. And when I said that, he put down what he was doing and he looked right at me and was paying attention. <laughs> right. Um, and I remember when I was putting you in school and I went and I asked the teacher for first grade, what is the agenda for first grade? And they said, their goal for first grade was to count to 100 and to say the alphabet. And I said, well, my daughter can already do that. She's been able to do that for quite some time. And the teacher said, well, great. She'll do wonderful in first grade. And I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to put her in private school. <laughs> because <laughs> I couldn't imagine you sitting there for one year saying the alphabet over and over again and learning to count to 100 I mean that seemed completely absurd I mean in some ways I think kids that young it's more about the social skills than what they're actually learning in in the classes that young that may be true but when you have some of these kids that have very very evolved crown chakras and a lot of mental activity going on they don't do well in an environment when there isn't any kind of stimulus or very little stimulus and they are bored. They do need more something, more substance mm -hmm. in their curriculum than something so minor. And a lot of teachers and a lot of schools, they just want to get everybody by. Right. So they're happy with the status quo, but it doesn't work very well for the kids. And to give them a drug to, to dumb them down so that they'll fit is not really the solution. What they have is a bright, bright kid that can really excel, and they're not seeing it that way. Right. The other thing with many um, very highly developed psychic children is they have difficulty separating themselves from the emotions and uh, literally the physicality of other people. I had two little boys that were both psychic, they're brothers, and I did a reading for both of them. One of them, he even said to me, I know what you're writing, and I know what you're going to write next. Hmm. And he was spot on. He knew exactly what was going on and before I left I said is there anything you want to ask me and he said with big tears running down his face he said can you tell me where I stop and my brother starts <laughs> and his mother just looked so shocked and I looked to his mom and I said is there any possibility they could be in separate rooms and she said I guess they need to yeah uh, that they literally, they could, the one brother could not even tell where his body was relative to his brother's body. He just was so sensitive that he was being overwhelmed by these two psychic boys with such big energy and such expanded uh, sensuality of, you know, what everything that's going on. And oftentimes that is a problem with children. And they can learn how to shrink their energy down and compact it. They can be taught that and that will help. But if that's the problem, you know, then they're overwhelmed with that. And they're just like jumping out of their skin because they're feeling everybody's heartbeat and they're feeling everybody's thoughts and their they really can't even tell which is their body and which is somebody else's body. But it isn't something that they can't be trained to handle. They can be trained to handle. And again, it's something that the training doesn't take that long. A few exercises, 
Is that similar just to an exercise of getting into your body again or a different one? Getting into your body, breathing and thinking of your soul being in your body and until you feel it into your feet. And it's a, this exercise I do with a big balloon. I say, imagine your energy is a big balloon and you blow out your breath and your balloon becomes smaller and smaller and smaller until it is very, very close to your body and you can feel it thicker around your body. And everyone that is listening to this podcast can try that. I mean, they can try that right now. Many adults have an, an energy field that is sometimes 20 feet across. And so they're picking up all this energy from other people and it wears them out. But if you think of your energy as a big balloon and you blow out and you say, I, I want my energy field to be within two feet of me. And I'm going to just blow on my breath and bring it in until you feel it dancing very close to you. And when you get it there, you will actually it'll feel thicker. And then you just say, if there's anything in my field that is not mine, does not belong to me, that I picked up from someone else, I'm going to think of a waterfall washing through me. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to blow it out into the, into the ground with three big swishes and just blow it out and see it just washing through out of your body into the ground. There's practically no one that I've ever done this exercise with that they say they don't feel better afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that's easy to teach a child to do. Anytime you feel overwhelmed, make your big, make your energy balloon small, blow out anything that doesn't belong to you and keep it small. So then they're compacting their energy. They're looking through a colored lens if necessary they're turning off any channels that should be turned off you know, hopefully they have a curriculum that will stimulate their very advanced mentality and you have a bright and beautiful child that is ready to go mm-hmm. you don't need any drugs is it's there a- an alternative to Ritalin if somebody felt like their kids still need to focus more there's uh yes there is there's something called phosphatidylserine phosphatidylserine is an extract of lecithin and there is a coating on um the membrane of every brain cell and that coating is a is a special type of of a limpet uh, oil and phosphatidylserine is very high in this and it's been very successful in helping children that had problems. Most of the children's attention uh, supplements that you see, if you look at it, they abbreviate it to call it just PS for phosphatidylserine. It'll say PS on the label. And it's made for children. And sometimes they put a little bit of valerian in it too. Valerian, although people think of valerian as being um, for sleep, valerian actually brings mental acuity and it calms the nervous system. Mm -hmm. But it makes you a little bit sharper. So they use a combination of uh, phosphatidylserine, PS, and um, some valerian very successfully on on many children more than one teaspoon and in in most sodas there's like what nine teaspoons or ten teaspoons in a soda Um, if you give them a lot of sugar then they're not going to eat right and they're going to be all hyper for that reason and you don't need that right so there's that there's that part of it too which is really important because when you have a when you have a psychic child you do have to manage it a little bit better you can't just let everything, you know, go and think it's all going to settle out. It does take a little bit of management and takes a little bit of consciousness, but then it's worth it. And how do you kind of know if your kid is psychic or not? Like, is it about asking the right questions to the child or are there other signs to look for? 
partly paying really close attention to your child, listening to what they're saying and not ignoring what they're saying, assuming what they're assuming what they're saying is real and not just real to them, but actually is real, Um, you know, and going from there. I had one child, they were going to do an exorcism on this child. Um, (laughs) He was eight years old. He was channeling a priest, a ghost that had died in in an awful way. And he was speaking ancient Austrian dialect. How old was this kid? About eight. Okay. (laughs) His parents were right-wing Christian and in a you know very right-wing Christian church. And his father says, well, I don't believe in any of that. And I said, well, he didn't learn this language in daycare. Right. <laughs> Where do you think it's coming from? You know, um, I sat down with the dad and with the child and I noticed they're both really out of body. The dad was out of body and the child was out of body. The first thing I did is I put the child back in his body and then I said to him now you are going to go put your dad in his body mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so and he did he, he was a he was a sharp kid and he did and he went and put his dad in his body and that was a new experience for dad and and then I just started walking him through some really simple uh, shamanic exercises I said your, your son is going into a trance state and what we're going to do is we're going to stop that from happening. And instead of when he gets distressed about this, this priest, we're going to stop him from going into a trance state. And you, then you can say a prayer for the priest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so you're going to look him in the eyes. You're going to smudge him. You're going to do these various different things. And I spent about four hours with them. And I remember at the end of the four hours, the dad said to me, I don't know if I can believe all of this stuff, but you have forever changed the way I'm going to deal with my son. Yeah. At least that's something. Yeah. But I found out later that the boy was not any more, it was no longer having any problem. Yeah, that's good. You know, so, so the dad was solving it with him and that's the thing, you know, you have to, expand your consciousness a little bit if you wind up with a psychic child it isn't the only option isn't drugs it it can be handled but you have to be willing to be open to the possibility be open and be open to you know it's going to be a little bit different you're going to have a little bit of a different kid as my as my parents found out What were some challenges that you provided to your parents? Well, I mean, not a lot, except for that, you know, there were things like I, I remember, uh, I woke up and I said, we, we can't go anywhere in the car today. You know, we can't go anywhere in the car because we'll crash. And they're like, well, you just don't want to go to school. We're going, you know, and we go out to get in the car and the car handles are frozen. We lived where there was snow and there's, and I said, this is a sign. Yeah. You know, this is a sign. We're not supposed to go. And my mom's like, go boil water. We're going to pour it over the car handles, you know? Right. And I'm like, it's not going to work. You know, we're not supposed to go. And after a great deal of difficulty, they get the car, handles going and i'm saying we shouldn't do this we should not turn onto the highway my mom and my brother are going there she goes again okay and i and then i said okay well then if you're really determined to do this we better put white light around us i know and i remember saying that and i remember my mom saying all right everybody put white light around yourself because that'll make your sister happy (laughs) and we made a turn and we were hit by a bus. Oh my god! And and the car was totaled. We weren't hurt. Actually, the only one that had any injury was I had a bit of a a, a problem with my hip, but it wasn't serious. Yeah, the car was a wreck. It, they had to get a new car, but yeah, <laughs> and that must be really frustrating when you know when something's gonna happen and not have anyone listen to you. No, and then they said, "Well, why didn't you?" 
tell us, you know. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think I've been trying to tell you? I've been saying it all morning. (laughs) But I was I was very shy and it was difficult for me to uh, do things like that. And uh, I was very I was very nervous when I was a child and I was very skittish. Yeah. And the world was very overwhelming for me. Everything was kind of overwhelming for me. It took me a long time to get over it. Yeah. I'm still a little nervous. Some people think I'm nervous, but uh, but I was very nervous when I was young. And I think a lot of psychic kids are because they're, you know, I was half in one dimension and half in the other dimension a lot of the time. I was seeing a lot of things. I was seeing and feeling a lot of things and nobody's paying a lot of attention and nobody's doing the thing that they should be doing from your point of view. And if you're seeing a lot of these things, is it an easy exercise to tell a kid that might be struggling with the same thing to be able to just turn those abilities off? Well, they can. I mean, you can tell a a child you know that's the other thing they don't they may not know that but if they're seeing ghosts and they don't want to see ghosts you can tell them to tell their angel you don't want to see ghosts and they can turn that off and if they do turn it off and they want it back they can get it back so that's not a problem too and that's something that they can do just like i turned off that ability to uh see a future events because it just got overwhelming for me and I didn't want to do it anymore mm-hmm. I pretty much got to the point where I really just wanted to focus on what would help people heal and I like to do that through the chakra system because I think that's something that you can teach people to relate to and over time they can see a good result so that's the way I like to do it but you can teach someone to to turn off what, what is inappropriate. And also, I'm a trance medium, but I certainly am not going to drive down the street and suddenly go into a trance. So I have turned that off unless I am in a very appropriate environment, which is rare because, you know, there's not a lot of places where trance mediums all gather and do their thing in the United States. Yeah, what does it mean to be a trans medium? Well, it means that you actually surrender to God and spirit and you let an angelic being come into your body and do healings through you. Okay. There's another thing that people should be aware of with children and actually with the psychics in general. There's something that they call... In Brazil, they call it falling for God. But sometimes with children and sometimes with adults, particularly psychic people, when they become ill or they become challenged, they may go to sleep for two or more days. And if you have a very uh, psychic, very developed person, it's good idea to be aware of this because there have been cases where then, you know, the person, you can't wake them up and they freak out and they rush them to the hospital and they do all kinds of stuff. And then the person just wakes up and they would be fine except for all the horrible tests they just put them through. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's a, it's a tricky situation, I understand, because you're worried and you may have a problem getting your child or your young adult awake but if you trust your instincts check it out and i'm telling people this so they're aware of that or even if it's a partner and they're living with a psychic partner check in with your heart and your instincts and see is this a situation where they're really in danger or are they just as they say falling for god are they just in a deep state of transformation and healing and they're just going to sleep for a day or two and let that be and go with it so i do want to talk about a little bit because you mention god a lot and i think that can be fairly triggering for some people in 
their belief system. And so have you been in the presence of God or what have you seen or felt? Well, what I've been in the presence of is a tremendous amount of light that gave me a tremendous amount of what I would call comfort and security. And it changed my orientation to a way that I no longer had any fear of death. And I felt certain that I wasn't alone in the universe and that I was protected and I was surrounded by love and I was surrounded by light. Mm-hmm. And however you would define that, you know, in some religions, they say there are 99 names for God. I guess there's probably 99 ways to try to describe that. Or um, maybe there's no way to describe that. Basically, it's just a, a higher, higher power, if you believe in that. Yes, it's definitely a higher power. It's definitely, I definitely feel when I meditate, I will get to a point where I suddenly will see a beam of white light come to me. When I do a reading, oftentimes I will ask for assistance to get the energy to do this reading uh, on a particular person. And I will suddenly see this piercing beam of white light. So you've never seen like a figurehead or somebody that's talked to you. It's always presented itself in like, no, I've never seen anybody on a big throne with curly white hair or anything like that. Um, No, no, it's not, it's never been corporeal, nothing in a body, nothing uh, with halos or whatever, riding white horses or whatever. Okay. No, it's all energetic. It's all it's all really about light for the most part, light and energy and a tremendous love, loving feeling. Mm. Which anybody should be capable of doing that. Anybody can. I think it comes from wherever it comes from, but it also comes from our heart too. Right. And it was interesting when I was in Brazil and this incredible medium who was very very short she walked through this doorway and she incorporated this being which I could see not in again not in a body but in a body of color and she suddenly was surrounded by a 10 foot huge ball of violet color and she started to talk in this very deep voice that was very masculine type of voice although she would normally talk in a very small high-pitched feminine voice but when she spoke in this voice that voice sounded like it was coming from a loudspeaker inside my heart Mm. and it literally reverberated like boom 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 every word seemed like it was coming from my heart out instead of from her to me it was the most phenomenal thing and it was stunning it was absolutely stunning and it was very clear that uh we were in the presence of some very powerful spiritual being there was no doubt about that everybody in the room it was clearly stunning and this being was very beautiful wow you know unforgettably beautiful i was literally every word i would just shake like a the the head of a drum hmm wow that's an incredible experience it is incredible and it's you know it's hard not to have a sense of divinity you know i just use that word because i don't know a different word yeah and if I used a different word, then people would go, what does that mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what does that mean? What does it all mean? That's a good question. I have a million questions, and I think my angels are like probably trying to flip through the cosmic dictionary all the time and make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to know everything and I want to understand everything. And I always, but I also say I want the truth, the unvarnished truth. I want to know as clearly as I can know the truth, whatever the truth is, whatever it is, I want to know. But I'm clear that I don't know a great deal, a tremendous amount, and I always want to know more. Yeah. All right, let's bring it back to these psychic kids and let's talk about um, things that you can ask your angels to do with kids. This is a very good question. This is a great question. Okay, your angels, when when it comes to your kids, you should think of your angel like you think of a computer program. If you were going to write a computer program, how to protect your kids. And actually, I did this with you, Angie. Yeah. You put in everything you can think of. So (laughs) (laughs) put a line around my kids so any weird person will not see her and she will be invisible to them. Put a line around my kids so she won't want to eat anything that's poisonous or spoiled food. Put a line around my kids so she will never be interested in taking a drug. Protect her so, you know, you just keep going on and on, you know. Put a line around her so she'd never be tempted to jump into a river. Put a line, you know, you just keep going on. Put a line around any car she's in so it won't be in a wreck. Keep her from going, you know, out at night by herself guard her if she does you know you just keep adding to it (laughs) adding to it adding to it the more you do this the safer your kid will be you know yeah and then you just have to trust and you trust yes you know because your angels they can do something if you ask them specifically to do it so when it comes to your kids absolutely keep your angels flapping every time you think of something oh buy another thing i just thought of don't let them eat too much Halloween candy. Don't let anybody on Halloween give them anything that they shouldn't. Don't let any pervert follow them on Halloween. You know, I mean, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Everything you can think of. I did that every day. I think every day I added 10 things to the list. I just keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, your own thought forms are going to surround your child, but really your angels will help tremendously. And yeah. that keeps your child safe. Yeah, and I always thought I was so boring because I really did not have any interest in trying any drugs or anything. I was around kids that were smoking pot and always offered me, and I just thought they were kind of silly for doing it. Thank you, angels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's very important. You just you just keep asking and asking keep your you know a parent has authority to do this a parent also has the authority to protect the child's environment so and you should if as a parent you should be smudging your child's room a lot all your children especially your teenage children because they go through so many emotions so mm-hmm. you should be smudging their room with white sage a lot or if you don't like that then use some essential oils and put them in a spray bottle with water and spray that around and that'll break up a lot of the thought forms that they get stuck in what kind of essential oils um well a peppermint and lavender work very nicely Uh, can mix them together Uh, peppermint and uh, frankincense together actually increase your mental awareness so and and they smell really nice together i put them in a spray bottle and you can just spray around if you don't want a smoky if your child maybe is sensitive to smoke Mm -hmm. you don't want to use white sage make sure your children are showering often before they go to bed if they're very sensitive children because then you'll get any thought forms off of them Mm mm-hmm and especially when they come home or something and they're really in a crappy mood before you, you know, get into a, an argument or something with them about their attitude, think, well, maybe this isn't my kid at all. Maybe 
this kid has just picked up a bunch of crappy energy. And if I clean him up, he's going to be fine. Yeah, then they'll feel better. They'll feel better and you'll feel better. And you'll avoid a big fight that you wouldn't have to have at all. You know, just a quick smudging and all of a sudden everything's happy again. Yeah, it really sounds like the cure-all. Well, it's not a cure-all, but it definitely can help. Yeah. Because psychic kids, just like that little boy who was doing all that healing, come home all tired. Right. He just needed some support when he came home from being <laughs> Mother Teresa all day long. Right. So it's very important to, to do that, you know, to help the kids uh, clean up their energy. And also, the kids, psychic kids should change their clothes more often. And they actually have a tendency to want to do the opposite. Why but do you think that is? Because they get comfortable in the vibration that they're in. And they don't oh. like the change. You know, they, they want to, they kind of want to be static a little bit to be more comfortable. Because they have so much more input than normal children and it's hard for them to deal with so much input a a pair of dirty jeans that you wore for a week is more comfortable than if you have to put on something fresh and clean Hmm. however that pair of dirty jeans might have four entities on it Hmm. so you're better to get that in the wash and get clean clothes on even if there's a little resistance that's important too wow Okay. The other thing about some kids is that sometimes the kids are so telepathic, and this is what gets to be where it gets more negative, that you'll have one kid running a whole family and pushing things around. There was one family, they had six kids. And they asked me to come out and check everyone out and do a reading on all of them, you know, which I said, I'm not going to do that, but maybe we'll just, let's just look at the whole group. And the oldest was about, I'd say about 14. I'm not sure if I'm remembering this exactly, but I'm pretty close. And the youngest was about five or six, maybe five. Mm -hmm. And the youngest one, was causing all the problems. This youngest one was so telepathic and so powerful. He was just using mind games to manipulate everybody in the family. He could push the energy in a way that he just was creating havoc and keeping them all off balance. It was kind of like a, almost like creating theater in his house. (laughs) and he he knew he could do it he said i could even he told me i could even make the cat do something wow (laughs) and i'm like well i said that may be but guess what we're gonna put a stop to that and then he said i don't even want to talk to you anymore (laughs) right because he couldn't push you around (laughs) and he walked out the door how do you put a stop to something like that well, first thing is awareness. And the first thing was that everybody be aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know? So before everybody would, you know, before everyone would just get into this heightened sense of irritability and start to fight with each other. Right. I said, now we're going to say, look, take a breath and go, what's really going on here? And where is this really coming from? And the second thing is, is they can all control and stop the input coming in from them they can say i'm not going to allow these thought forms to come in and affect me they have you know dominant authority over their body and their soul and their mind and once they take charge of that he's not going to have the ability to push everybody so much so that's one thing we did where everybody let's start to say hey i'm not gonna allow i'm no longer willing to allow anybody to push me psychically right and so they all start to take responsibility so we basically just cut off all the connections and made them all aware what's going on and you know 
started to say from now on, you know, if there's a, if there's an argument, it's not anyone's fault. It's everybody's fault and everybody's equally, you know, responsible, including this young one here. So if anybody gets punished, the young one gets punished, too. And mm. right away, you could see see him say, well, this isn't going to be fun anymore. You know, right. You know, he was completely blown. His his whole party was torn apart. <laughs> but it's just he's something he has to learn. A lot of times it's kind of a racer's edge. These kids, they kind of want to do good, but they also kind of enjoy the power. And there is a lot of power. They have a lot of power and they have a lot of abilities. And it's a heady feeling when you realize you have more power than those people around you and you can push them to do something. Well, especially when we're just grasping the ideas of, you know, good and bad and the rules of the universe of what we should or shouldn't do. Yes, exactly. And, you know, you have a certain, they talk about that. You have a certain uh, bit of grace up until a certain age, until a certain ability, but you won't always have that. And, you know, it's best that they learn that young, but that's not appropriate. Sometimes psychic people get into a great deal of trouble and they get very sick and sometimes they die of cancer. Um, sometimes psychic people become very, very ill and they die and of very bad diseases. And it's because they don't handle their power appropriately at all. Mm-hmm. And it's Is that kind of like karma taking over. Yeah. Well, it's karma taking over, but it's also just, you know, on a more immediate level, it's if you are just constantly reaching into somebody's energy and messing around that's about the same as if you were kissing somebody and paying no attention to whether or not they had a disease Mm. and you do that with hundreds of people and you're bound to get sick right because every time you go into someone's energy some of them sticks to you and some of you sticks to them and if you do that without their permission, a lot of them sticks to you. Mm-hmm. If I say, can I have your permission to do this? Then it's clean and it won't necessarily stick. But also I can say, now we're done. Finish with your energy and send it back, whatever's left back to you. But if I just go into your energy and manipulate your energy so I can make you do something, And most of what a child would do would be so trivial. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, then they're going to bring back everything, you know, that's there. And they could come down with a fever or something. Uh, You know, suddenly they're running a fever of 101. You don't even know why they have that fever. Well, it's because they were messing around in somebody's energy. And that's what happened. Wow. So it's important for them to learn to manage it would be good for everybody, psychic or not, to manage their energy better. People do. Almost everybody will has this experience. If you've ever been really angry and you yelled at somebody, that they've had the experience where they kind of crossed that line and they felt that not only the anger went, but like something went with it. Have you ever had that feeling? probably yeah you know it's a little bit more than just anger you feel a kind of a whoosh like there's a little more charge went than just plain anger that's when you're really projecting a lot of energy from you know your whole being and that boom you're hitting somebody with a big thought form because you're really really pissed off and almost everybody that's ever gotten really angry feels that and that's what we do. We'll, we project energy. And when you project energy like that at somebody in anger or any other way, you connect to them. And then they can connect and download their junk to you. So then you have a problem. 
because now you have to clean that up or they can continue to tap your energy and people that are doing that a lot especially with really angry people they get very tired and they wind up with extremely high blood pressure and they're just like yeah they're ready to explode yeah so we want to teach our kids not to do that and maybe teach ourselves not to do that yeah definitely try to handle situations before they blow out of hand i'm a firm believer in better communication techniques than uh what we're taught in school (laughs) because we're not taught any of them in school so no energetics should be taught in school i'm a firm believer on this we should be teaching this to our kids it's interesting in mexico when someone takes their child someplace they'll take the edge of their skirt some of the tribes they'll take the edge of their skirt and they'll go around the room and they're like sweeping their skirt around the room and you ask them what they're doing and they're they're sweeping up any of their child's energy to make sure it comes with them as they leave they want to make sure that they didn't leave any of their child's energy in the house there that they were visiting or the hut or whatever i haven't heard of that but that's fascinating thank you so much mom for sharing all of this knowledge and information i think you totally blew my mind probably some other people's out there and i am looking forward to our next conversation so each tuesday we will have a new episode available uh tuesday at 2 a.m your local time so see you next week okay i'm looking forward to it